Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Erin Fraser. I'm Matt Bose. In this Netflix and Dill episode, we head to the lawless deserts with Homie Adajani's blood-soaked hot star crime drama, Sas Bahu or Flamingo. Who will Dimple Kapadia choose as the successor to her drug empire? One of her inane sons? Her talented daughter? One of her clever daughters-in-law? Does it even matter? It's unlikely any of them are going to make it out alive anyways. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. We are finally delivering on our promise from a few episodes ago to discuss Sas, Bahu, or Flamingo. Yeah, we wanted to watch some more, though, out of the pilot seasons, so we'll probably watch some of the other shows. We haven't watched any of them yet, either, though. Yeah, so for those uh, who, you know, maybe didn't listen to that episode, it was a few back, um, we ended up bumping it uh, for a review of Rocky Orani Ki Prem Kahani uh, with our friend Manish Mather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is coming out a little later than we initially anticipated, but hopefully worth the wait. But for those who didn't listen... The show's still there. You can go watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like it's leaving theaters or anything. Well, exactly. Sometimes these streaming shows, it feels like they're such a flash in the pan. Like, they come out, people watch them, and then they move on to the next thing. Um, <laughs> and no one watched this one, so... Well, no, I, it was at one point one of the most watched things streaming in India. Mm, so, you know... Good. Yeah, it, it's... This is not a totally forgettable show, I don't think. But, um, yeah, maybe we are a little late to the party. So a couple episodes ago, we did uh, this thing we have done before called Pilot Season, where we watched the first episode of six different streaming series, and we picked one to review. And the winner was Sass, Bahu, or Flamingo. But as Matt has already alluded to, I think like we also really want to catch up with how Tooth Party went, um, which I do think is... And a- The Night Manager, too. I think we wanted to watch that. Yeah, I think, yeah, and Dahad. Like, I think we'd actually like to finish off most of those shows, except for Bestseller, which we watched for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, I think Tooth Party is probably the one that, other than Bestseller, that has left kind of the smallest footprint. So I would kind That's of... That's too bad. Tooth Party's really good. Well, we... From the one episode. We yeah. really enjoyed the one episode. Um, and since we did that pilot season episode, like, there's been another Raj and DK show that everyone's talking about. So we're really... We're really behind on our on our streaming TV. We've been watching Western TV like idiots. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Uh, so Sass, Bahu, or Flamingo... It's eight episodes long. It came out on May 5th, 2023 on Hotstar. It's directed and created by Homie Adajania, uh, who is a director we quite like. His mm-hmm. name on this show, I think, is certainly... The, his name and the cast, I think, are yeah. the things that really drew us to it, this this show in particular. And the premise. Uh, yeah. We've discussed uh, some of his films in the, in the past, specifically being Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Um, Finding Fanny. Finding Fanny and Grezzy Medium. I don't think we've ever discussed Cocktail, though it's probably his most popular film. We've uh, mentioned, like, why would I wear pants in my own house? Yeah, like, we've we've mentioned Cocktail, but I don't think we've ever, like, actually reviewed it on the show. But that's... Yeah, we like Cocktail. That's that's probably one of my favorite ones of his, actually. (laughs) Yeah, probably his most popular film. Uh, The show stars... His most straightforward. The rest are kind of a little wacky. Yeah, this to me feels most in line with like being Cyrus in the sense yeah. that it's kind of like a, quist, a twisty 
crime drama. I almost called it a Christie. <laughs> like a Christie. A Christie crime drama? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a, a twisty crime drama. Um, though this is, I would say, a lot more violent than any any of his films, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but still that kind of sense of dark humor that you see in, in his movies. And again, yeah. just kind of like twists. But usually, I think, well-plotted-out twists. Like, Cocktail doesn't really have as many twists as, I think, things like Finding Fanny or Being Cyrus do. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, just, like, dark humor. So this stars Dimple Kapadia, who is also in Being Cyrus and Finding Fanny and and Grezzy Medium. She's, you know... Among hundreds of other things, yeah. Well, but she yeah. she's worked with Homie Adichania a lot in the past. Yeah. Isha Talwar, Anki Radar, Radhika Madan, who is also in Angrezi Medium, mm-hmm. Varun Mitra, Ashish Verma, Udit Aurora, Monica Dogra, Jimit Trivedi, Mark Bennington, and Deepak Dobriel and Nazi Rudin Shah. Uh, do you want to set up the plot for us, Matt? Okay, so this takes place... In very deserty, where was it? It's it's a Is fictional. It it's a fictional place. Uh, okay. I think most of the women in it are Rajasthani, but like could be between the borders of Rajasthan and Gujarat. Yeah, I don't think it's ever entirely clear. Yeah, I think that's why I was a little confused because it. I, I'm pretty sure they said the state name before, but I never heard it. Mm. So I was a little confused by that. But it, like. It almost looks like where Rudali takes place, yes. the movie. Yeah. So it's interesting. That, those lawless desert yeah. borderlands. With kind of like tribal people. And it's like the big um, the big uh, arm circlets and things and tattoos. And it's a very memorable look that everyone has. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first episode, which we talked about in pilot season, we find out that... Uh, the Rudali herself, Dimple Kapadia. It's kind of fun to imagine this is what <laughs> happened to that character. Uh, she runs a drug empire, which I don't think you find out in the first episode, but you find out fairly early. They've actually figured out a way to grow cocaine mm-hmm. in India, which is something I didn't actually know about cocaine, that it is only able to be done in Central America and South America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I which, which I've never sense. really like, given a lot of thought to cocaine production, to be yeah. honest. But it, like, it makes sense that that's why it's so popular there and like centered there. If it's something in the terrain or the terroir of the cocaine growing plants, like that, it only works there. That makes a lot more sense because there's lots mm-hmm. of places all over the world that grow opium, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, she runs. Uh, I forget the name. Is it Ronnie Factory? Ronnie Company. Mm-hmm. She basically ru- Ronnie Collective. Yes. Ronnie Collective. She runs um, essentially what's like a women's charity that makes like handicrafts, and she mm-hmm. employs probably like 200, 250 women. And sure, they're making like the Rajasthani puppets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what they're actually doing behind the scenes is like a highly sophisticated <laughs> drug operation. Yeah. Like there's like clean rooms and very high tech. Lots of solar panels, all kinds of things, but they're hiding kind of behind this facade of handicrafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is looking to get out of the game, so she's looking to find a successor. Uh, her two sons are shiftless layabouts. Um, well, in their defense... Like, they're well off. They don't actually know yeah. why. In their defense, she sent them off to the United States... 
they come back like once a year their wives are still there but like they you know like she keeps them at an arm's length yeah yeah so there's harish who's the shorter one uh he's introduced memorably by doing blow off a stripper's ass which Mm -hmm. is a prostitute's ass so that's kind of a cool way to be introduced and then his his brother uh i think that's kapil so varan mitra and they uh, are kind of the... There's a lot of funny things that happen in this show. Like, mm-hmm. it's a pretty comedic show. Mm-hmm. But for the first couple of episodes, they're kind of encountering culture shock. Even though they're from there, but they're like, ah, a camel is scary. Or mm-hmm. why do we have to drive for four hours to get anywhere? But they sort of get more in the game as it goes on. Yeah, the big kind of twist, at you could say, or like kind of conceit... Uh, in the earlier episodes is that uh, Harish and Kapil, uh while they're while they're Ranibha's sons uh, they don't really know what's going on and it's actually their wives um, Bijli and Kajal who are a lot more competent than they are and they're, yeah. they're the ones that are making drugs and they're the ones that are involved in gunfights and all this stuff and so it does a good job of kind of twisting those typical gender conventions that you expect from a crime drama like this, from a gangster Like Mirzapur, like for instance. Exactly. And yeah. so I, I would say, like, that was initially kind of the draw of the show for us. Because, yeah. like, there are tons of these, uh, especially in... Small-town gangsterism, yeah. Yeah, especially in the, like, Hindi-language streaming space. There are a ton of these shows about kind of like the lawless borderlands and kind of the the gangster families therein but the big twist for this one was it's the ladies it's in the ladies in charge and so yeah. you know we should it, also it mention radhika madhan itself as feminist yeah. radhika madhan is a blood relative she's their little sister but she's like the chemist who invents new drugs yeah angi radar plays kajal i think her job was kind of just to be like the muscle, but also like keep people in line. <laughs> yeah. And then Isha Tawar pays Bidgley, and I believe she's like the accountant she's and the logistics. Accountant. And also a lesbian. And also a lesbian. Yeah, she's introduced uh, um, hooking up with a DJ in Berlin. Gotta yeah. say, that DJ, terrible actress. She comes up later. She's really bad. Probably the worst part of the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apologies but, to, to Monica Dogra. Yeah. Uh, she's. Yeah. She was not... I don't know if her Hindi was convincing, but her English was definitely not convincing. I think she's more of a musician than an actress. I know she was in, like, the Rock On films, but I just... Yeah, I think she's... I think her strengths are elsewhere. (laughs) So this is a kind of succession scenario, if you've seen the show on HBO. Like, who's going to inherit the mantle? Who's going to be able to run this thing? It's Mirzapur meets succession. Yeah, but not all is well. There is Deepak Dobriol waiting in the wings. He plays another drug smuggler named The Monk who has had dealings with Savitri, the Dipakabadi's character, in the past. He actually shot her at one mm-hmm. point. She's got a bullet hole on her side because of him. And there's also uh, Proshan Jain, who is a cop who is sent to this lawless <laughs> province to figure out who's making Flamingo, which is yeah. this new drug, party drug, that's uh, getting people very excited in the cities, but it only matters because, like, an MP's son died taking some. Yeah. So that's kind of the initial problem is that there's a cop there, other drug smugglers are waiting in the wings, as well as who's going to run this thing. Also, you- Demon is there. He's kind of her adopted son. I think they could have made this a bit more uh, obvious 
to me that they, uh, everyone thinks of Demon as her adopted son and Shanta. Like, they grew up together. They're mm-hmm. about the same age. Uh, they're actually kind of in love with each other. Um, but it, it would be seen as kind of incestuous, even though they're not related. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, but, like, the show thinks that if someone finds out, it's going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you initially really disliked this title, Sauce or Flamingo. Yes, and then a listener told us that this is kind of playing off of um, Indian soap, uh, opera. soap operas, because yeah. it's often like a woman moves into her um, her husband's parents' house, mm-hmm. and it's like daughters-in-law versus moms. Yeah, and mother-in-law, like, daughters-in-law. Yeah, and, a lot of drama and then there. This drug, yeah. And it's kind of interesting because the daughters-in-law basically get along fine with Savitri almost the entire show. There isn't really a ton of drama there. There's a little between Shanta and Savitri who she doesn't like that she experiments on herself with the new drugs, but well, really, she, like, everyone gets along. And she's not one of the daughters-in-law yeah. of the title, really. Yeah. Based on how I understand it, I think it really does refer to the two. Yeah. There's also a French guy named Donze who... Uh, in, there's quite a lot of flashbacks in this show, too. Yeah. In, a, in an earlier time, maybe 20 years earlier, he's the guy that was able to figure out how to grow cocaine in this part of India. Mm-hmm. So, and him and Savitri are lovers, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... it's a lot of setup. There's a, there's a fair amount of good stuff going on in this show. Oh, yeah. There's and a lot I, of characters. I don't think we've given a lot away at all. Like, ultimately, kind of the, the main thrust of the show is who, who she's going to pick to be... Yeah her successor and, and will, also kind and will of, they get caught and are they gonna have to fight yeah. the monk and also her son's kind of like finding out what's actually like like they kind finding of finding out the family business yeah thing. they kind of assume that like their wives and their their mom are kind of like hopeless they want to bring their sister yeah. back to the the u.s and then they actually discover that like oh the drug oh we're like the, the, cor- the, the corleones yeah, actually the, the cocaine i i snorted off that that woman's butt is actually like what my sister made. Yeah, yeah. So she also invents a drug that gives makes you happy in slow motion. Just wondering, like, is that going to come up again so that like she could shoot people yeah. more efficiently? I thought that'd be cool, like the drug from Dread mm-hmm. Slow Mo. I thought, yeah, I was a little disappointed that that didn't come up again. But mm-hmm. lots of other cool stuff happens. Yeah. So kind of my journey with this show is that like I thought it started out really fresh and interesting, a good kind of take on this kind of show that we've seen a lot of times before and then it got really kind of typical Mm -hmm. um i especially when the flashbacks start to come in and you start to kind of discover kind of how we ended up here um they probably explain too much i don't know if you necessarily need everything well yeah and i just i think there's a lot of stuff there that i don't know it's it is very um it's, it's exactly what you expect in terms yes. of kind of how <laughs> of women needing to kind of take back their power. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I don't know if the show really needed that. Like, it, it's, it starts to feel a bit played out to me. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, Nazirudin Shah is a kind of political type who yeah. helped Savitri out back in the day and kind of feels like she owes him. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, it started off really high, and then it kind of dipped for me, and it it stayed there. And then I really came around to it in the last episode. Yeah, we won't Um, say not in the spoiler zone, but there's quite a few twists and turns that this thing takes. Yeah, which I was expecting, but I do think Homiata Jania kind of goes even further than I was expecting. Uh, And I just, in the end, like... Hats off, appreciated, mm-hmm. uh, appreciated him pulling this off. I do think the thing that kind of um, carries you along is his sense of humor. You yeah. know, like he really understands dark black humor. Uh, I think he understands how to play with these gender roles and I think that kind of sense of always kind of undercutting things yeah um stops it from kind of being the like like I found years of poor incredibly depressing to the point of unwatchable like I just you know we only watched the first season I had no interest in watching it any further because I just kind of didn't see the point I I don't know this was funny though it had good jokes throughout exactly like the cops are introduced waterboarding a guy with fondue (laughs) To try and figure out who sells a flamingo. Exactly. I think there is, like, there's a bite to this that I think makes the violence a lot more palatable. Um, yeah, because, like, there's there's a, there's a lot of violence, which I think is something you really It comes with really the gangster loved. show. Yeah. Well, I liked in the first um, episode, their compound is attacked by Magadias, or, mm-hmm. like, roaming outlaws, I, I suppose. And it kind of turns into, like, pulpy adventure, people just... You know, two-fisting guns, throwing swords at each other, having... It it was pretty cool. Like, it was a tonal shift that I didn't see coming. And I'll say that... I do think, that's the best action scene of the whole series, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, unfortunately... There's a big gunfight at the end that was pretty cool, too. It's it's nowhere near as good. Mm -hmm. I think, like... I think a lot of what I like about this show is Mm front-loaded. And yet... I actually am really excited if this gets a second season. I, I get the sense it's going to get a second season. It did, from what I understand, fairly well. It's also but, only eight episodes long, so you can't yeah. really get that bored of it. But trying to get news about like if this got a green light for a second season or not, I find very confusing. Because yeah. the internet will tell you it has, but I couldn't find it on like... Like, I couldn't find an official announcement from Hotstar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I liked all of the relationships in the show. Yeah. Um, you get a really good villain character kind of coming up later on. Not the monk, but one of the main cast, I think, has an understandable villain arc. And you're like, oh, I hate this guy, mm-hmm. but like, I get it. I think the central cast of women is really good. Um, yep. Dimple Kapadia, obviously, like... Yeah. <laughs> obviously, she's amazing. Using different sort of muscles than Pathan, like, mother to hero... Yeah. She's just like a stone cold bitch the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, Radhika Madan, I think, is like perfect casting. Um, yeah. You know, she's... Kind of a space cadet. Yeah. And like, you know, she's really kind of taking what uh, kind of... She's kind of really, I think, playing on that energy that we got in Mard Kodard Nahihota. Like, mm-hmm. she really throws herself into action scenes. And she really... Yeah, that kind of like... Space cadetiness is really, but clearly very intelligent. It makes sense for someone who just ingests um, a lot of drugs is also. Yeah, she's just, yeah, she's she's perfectly cast in this. 
Um, Ishtar War is quite good. I think um, I think Angira Dar was the big kind of um, breakout for me. She was previously in Love Per Square Foot, um, oh, wow. and she was in Commando Three, but I don't remember her at all in Commando Three. I remember. I don't think very, we, we didn't watch Commando Three. I've did seen we? Commando Three, oh, okay. but I remember very little about. Commando Two was the Black Money Trail. I don't remember what Commando Three was. I. <laughs> I remember very little of yeah. Commando 3. Those aren't plot movies. Um, yeah, and, and Love Per Square Foot. Like, I remember far more Vicky, Vicky Koshal. That was his um, first thing, yeah. Yeah, but I think she's, like, she really stood out to me. Uh, yeah. And her character... She looks kind of like Roz from Frasier. <laughs> okay. Did you, did, you, did you see it? No. I thought she kind of does. Like okay. If you, Indy and Roz. <laughs> if you say so. And I always like Roz. You are a big Ross Ross fan. Yeah, so... Um, I think, like, unfortunately... Like, Ishtel War is very good, but she has to play off of her her girlfriend, the DJ, a lot, and... Who shows up for some reason. And I found that performance painful. We were just kind of cheering for her, like, push her out of the tower. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, unfortunately, to go along with her arc... Um, you know, you, you have to root for like her and her girlfriend, right? Cause she's telling her girlfriend, like, I'm going to quit this and we'll go yeah. and live My our husband life. doesn't matter to me yeah. at all. We'll go and live our life in Germany. And so you, you have to kind of be rooting for the two of them. But unfortunately, like, you're not, you're not, you're not. You're the not. DJ is just such a poorly performed character. Yeah. So yeah, like I... I, even though I think this does fall into kind of some cliches, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the middle, it kind of, it has like a strong enough beginning and a strong enough ending mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that that ultimately like I did, I did really like it. It kind of doesn't get too complicated, although I found that the, the scenes at the monk's fortress where he's like torturing some guys and making mm-hmm. them fight each other and... One guy's got his tongue cut out and he escapes and you're like, I don't care about this. Can you just go back to the girls hanging out? Because like, um, we know he's a psycho. He's like the Joker. He's like a philosophical Joker. It's fine. I get that he's supposed to be scary, but like, he's not that interesting of a person. Yeah. And I don't really care about him. If I was being generous, I would say that kind of the, the violence that, that Adi Jania is like, Using all of this kind of heightened violence as a way to kind of comment on it, because I think he is making some yeah. commentary on uh, this kind of storyline, and you know how many times we've kind of seen some of these things before. Um, Hiding from rural cops. And, yeah, certainly. Yeah. You know, with with what he's doing with um with shaking up the gender, but also at the same time, I think the show is incredibly dumb. So yeah, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> like on one hand, I'm like, oh, I I do see like how he's like flipping on its head, and like maybe there's a commentary here. But then ultimately, I think it's kind of a dumb show that's just like made for setups and twists. Yeah. Um, like and- <laughs> killing sixty people in one day, um, and then going yeah. back to like arguing with your husband about like ah. Uh, I actually don't think you know what you're talking about. Like, it kind of... <laughs> that's that kind of pulpiness. And yeah. uh, it's it's something that there's a fancy video game term called... A l- video game term for it called ludonarrative dissonance. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay, so it comes up mostly in Uncharted. But any video game where, like, 
you're supposed to have like a roguish main character who you like, mm-hmm. but then the uh, Last of Us is another good one. But then, like, the most of the game sequences is you just killing, like, hundreds of men. Mm. And then it goes back to, like, joking around. You're like, this guy's a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you you know, it, it's it's fun because that's the video game. Yeah. Like, you're, what you're trying to do is, you know, get into gunfights and car chases and all that stuff. But then when they go back to their sort of normal conversations and problems, like, again, The Last of Us, like, fighting a ton of zombies and murdering people and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then, like... A, mo- a father-daughter thing, it's kind of difficult to square that circle between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. it, it kind of, it's fun, but I don't know if it it would ever deal with the ramifications of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good kind of, it's a good analogy to make about this show because I do think, like, you can't take it too seriously. No, I don't think is, they were taking it very no, seriously. No, it is kind of ridiculous um the monk in his first appearance kills like 15 (laughs) guys by like giving them poison food which he himself eats yeah and then they have to like hit him in the heart with adrenaline to wake him back up so it's like that sort of like galaxy brain sort of plans yeah and then the last episode oh boy i don't even know if we should talk about it i think everyone should go in cold because that is that is some very entertaining stuff. Like, it's not quite satire, but there is kind of this sense of just, like, heightenedness about yeah. it. Whereas I found with, like, years of horror, like, I was supposed to take that seriously, and I just kind of was left very cold by it. Weren't those guys still going to high school, even though they get into, like, know. a gigantic gunfight in a, a very well-shot gunfight with, like, drones flying around and stuff? But then it's like, you're supposed to care about, like... This guy's girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah. There's just, like, there's a really interesting tone with this show where, on one hand, like, you're watching, like, this gender satire. On the other hand, you're watching this, like, really dark comedy. Those things kind of, like, go hand in hand. But yeah. then there is still, like, this very serious kind of crime saga at the center of it. And especially... Um, the backstories of a lot of the women involved and also still and also stuff that they're still dealing with that yeah I don't know if it's is, making light of that stuff that but is like, not making light of it it still feels kind of cliched yeah but it is like it does take that stuff very seriously and the it's just a it's a big shift yeah exactly like the tonal shifts in this are really all over the place and then we go to like the <laughs> the most hopeless of the sons, like ingesting a ton of an experimental drug and just like following him for around for a while while he does does stupid stuff and like, hallucinates. We and have like, some very yeah. like at times like some very difficult and serious subject matter that can be hard to watch, and then we swing into this other direction of like this like comedic bad trip. I mean, this is not entirely unheard of. It kind of reminded me of uh, Lijo Joe's Pelissery's uh, mm-hmm. Double Barrel, which mm-hmm. was explicitly very comic booky. Yeah. Or uh, Deli Belly. Yeah. Um, there's there, there's a few things. Um, as I understand it, Guns and Gulags is kind of in that too, which is the new mm-hmm. Raja DK. So it's it's kind of just a popular mode, and you need to kind of turn off the sort of logical part of your brain sometimes with shows like this. Well, and I do think that a mixture kind of um, helps the the heavier subject matter to go 
down a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress who plays young Dimple Kapadia, I think, is she's great. excellent. She has a lot of screaming to do. Yeah, and she's like a good match for young Dimple Kapadia. And like, I, Dimple Kapadia is giving a very strong and I think very serious and, and difficult performance at the center of this kind of she has she has to carry the thing and from what I understand it was actually a really she had a hard time on set because it was so demanding Um, but she does like I mean she's got that gravitas that she kind of like there's all this stuff happening around her but she kind of like she really she really holds it all, all together she's very she's very strong there's only like I thought she was on point for almost all of it there's only one scene that didn't really work where she's scolding Shanta and Donze for having invented mm. a new drug and then testing it on themselves. Right. Because, like, maybe, like, ten minutes earlier, Donze was also testing it on himself again, and, like, she was hanging out with him and just kind of keeping an eye on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why are you yelling at your daughter? This is literally her job. You made her do this. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it just rubbed me the wrong way, but for the most part, her uh, motives totally make sense, and... Uh, I think she's giving a good character. She wants to get out of the business. So, like, mm-hmm. that's a classic sort of gangster archetype. And Otto Jania has a lot of style with how he shoots this, which, again, kind mm-hmm. of adds to that kind of um, the mixtures of tones. Like, these these flashback scenes are kind of harrowing. Yeah. Um, it also but- reminded me a bit of Tar. That Harshford on Kapoor movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was also, like, extremely violent. Yeah. But, like, this one was more fun. Yeah. But First, like, I the, was like, no, no, this this doesn't remind me of Lydia Tarr. No, but I have I'm not willing, seen I'm Lydia. willing to. <laughs> I have not seen that. But, like, I'm willing to go with you. The juxtaposition of, like, red blood. And, I believe Dimple Kapadia could be the Kate Blanchett of Bollywood, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, like, the kind of red blood versus yeah. all of these, like, sort of brownish, deserty type places. Yeah. Uh, set off against these high tech underground uh, drug labs. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has a consistent visual look to it. There's a sort of. I think it's a reservoir or something with a bunch of stairs carved into the side that uh, Demon and uh, Shanta kind of hang out at sometimes. It's good visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he knows he knows how to shoot the action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think what really kind of... It's not me- as good as Mirzapur, which had... Or The Family Man. I think The Family no. Man's kind of like the high bar for action photography but I think and what, editing. But it's, it's like... It, it's perfectly passable for a film or TV. It's good... Good work. Yeah, but I think like ultimately what pulled us in was that action scene at the end of the first episode. Like it's just it's yeah, it's so exciting. It's also um, sexier than a movie could be. Um, yeah, there's a lot more explicit sex scenes in this. No nudity still, but like still like as far as Hindi cinema goes, like pretty sexy. And I mean, it's certainly a lot more violent. Yeah. Like you know, uh, that's kind of yeah, it's CGI violence. Yeah, but, like, you can't compare it to, like, um, you can't compare it to, like, Thar, right? Because that was also, like, a streaming yes, a streaming project. True. So, like, I would say it's a lot more... It's a bit more detailed than something like Pathan, who is... He's running around yeah. shooting a lot of guys, but they're not, like, dying in interesting, fun ways. Yeah. If that makes any sense, like, I think John Wick has kind of made it so that every three or four seconds in a big fight... You have, like, a little bit that kind of in- intrigues you mm-hmm. for a second as John Wick moves on to his next guy. Like, oh, that guy got knifed in a cool way. Or, oh, that guy, he tried to move, but then someone else shot him. Like, mm-hmm. it keeps your interest that way. 
I do think that like kind of like the freedom on streaming is a bit of a double-edged sword because you can do things and you can show things that um, wouldn't be palatable to a um, a wide release movie audience. Mirrors Report especially yeah. towed that line quite a bit. Yeah, so you can do things. You and can, was richly rewarded. Yeah, you can you can push further in terms of sex and violence and language and things you can show. But at the same time, you can do that to such an extent that you know you you lose you lose the point. And you it could be that directors up, also don't know how to use this power yeah. if they work primarily in, in cinematic and yeah. film. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that Sass or Flamingo is always kind of successful in, in this balancing act of kind of, okay, we can now, like, show anything we want. Like, the limit is... The the bar has been, or like the line has been has been moved. No frontal nudity, yeah. basically. Yeah, like the line's been moved. Yeah, um, we can you know show a lot more blood, show a lot more sex, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I don't know if it always kind of manages to not come across as sensational. I do think there's yeah. kind of some moments here that I'm just like it just kind of Well that was the fun surprise at the end of the first episode. That was the fun surprise. Oh wow this actually goes really harder than than, much harder than I thought it was going to. Yeah. So I like honestly like midway through this I thought like oh I'm not I'm really not jiving with this and then the last episode happened and uh I think the second last episode was really good too. I mean (laughs) again that's maybe like three episodes you weren't that into so it's not long. Yeah. Uh, But like there's a big sort of ceremony that they keep alluding to and you could see how that affects the community and then the last one is just kind of bonkers. So do we want to go to spoiler zone? I don't know. I don't know if I really want to. I think I want to. I I would encourage people to watch this show. Yeah, it, it dips a little bit, but on the whole, it's like solid throughout for me. It's I not mean, as good as The Family Man, but like as far as streaming Hindi shows go, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I would just say like have a strong stomach. It's pretty dark and pretty violent. Sure. Yeah. Especially yeah, Savitri's backstory quite horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we haven't seen it, but think Bandit Queen, for instance, mm-hmm. of the sort of things that happen mm-hmm. in the Outlands. But if you can deal with that, then you get the fun of gangster movies. I just want to say that the last episode really swings for the fences in wild ways. Yeah, I'm um, very curious to see what happens And uh, I have a lot of respect for it. <laughs> yeah. It went it went far pulpier than it, than it had even up until that it's point. It's verging on Mission Impossible territory. Yeah, it's just like, it went so pulpy that I, I salute it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess I guess we're done. This is a bit of a... Netflix and Dill are also are always designed to be a little shorter. Um, we just don't go have, watch it. It's we don't have an <laughs> What else are you doing? It's, it's fun. You'll have yeah. a good time. It's, this is a very easy recommendation as long as you can deal with, like, increased sex and violence. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of this episode. The episode we have coming in two weeks is going to be a big one. What will we be discussing, Matt? Okay, so I think about a year ago now, uh, a bunch of Amitabh Bachchan's uh, classic films were restored and shown in theaters in India. We were very jealous of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, happily... (laughs) 
Uh, we were able to catch some of these at the Metro Cinema. Yeah. Um, Three of them screened as part of the India Film Festival of Alberta. Yeah. We didn't go see Cholet, because we have seen Cholet. Yeah. We went to go see Don, Aaron's favorite movie. <laughs> one of them. But the big one, the big target for us was Divar. The Yash Chopra, not YRF films, but still <laughs> important film uh, that kicked off the Angry Young Man mm -hmm. um, cycle and made Amitabh Bachchan a superstar. Yeah. Uh, we were able to see that in basically the best quality you could possibly hope for in a not very packed <laughs> theater, <laughs> yeah. maybe 20 people there, Yeah, but it was great. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, this film has been eluding us kind of since we, we started this show. So when we had the opportunity to, to see it um, and not just like see it at home with like a, you know, a a subpar transfer, but to go see it in like on YouTube theaters, yeah. um, to go see it in theaters, uh, it was quite a treat. So we're going to be discussing that in our next episode and we'll be pairing it with something else. I was trying to find, um, Trishel, which is kind of, you know, a reteaming of Chopra and Bakchan and Shashi Kapoor. Uh, but I can't find it with subs. It's on Z5 without that's subs. That's always the problem. Uh, so I think we might go with, um, like, fill in those Yash Chopra guests. So I think we might go with Dog. Mm. Um, so kind of fill in some of those 70s Yash Chopra. Uh, if we could find it. if I, I'm pretty sure I found it. So, um, But if anyone knows where to see Trishel that's in a kind of accessible legal way that has subs please let us know because that would be the ideal um but yeah we're finally gonna be talking about divar i'm very mm -hmm. excited uh in the meantime matt how can people give up the show at bollywood pod on twitter i refuse to call it x at matt underscore b-o-w-e-s at aaron e fraser uh facebook.com slash bollywood for lovers bollywood is for lovers .com. listen aaron's other show Yes, uh, if you're a fan of the show, you can leave us a star rating and review on the, your podcatcher of choice. You can email us at bollywoodisforlovers at gmail.com. Check out my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. Uh, and we want to thank Becca Dulkey for our artwork. Yep. Yeah.